1: Hey legit batters, we don't really do ads, but if you feel the need to support our dumb show, you can subscribe on Rockfin for all of our shows, plus bonus member shows, or on Patreon for audio versions. Oh my god, this sounds so scripted, it's terrible.
2: No, read it like that the whole time.
1: No, I can't. Yes, do it. Okay, or click on the affiliate link in the notes to support <laughs> awesome companies. I don't know who wrote these notes, oh yeah, it's me. If you don't feel like s- sending bullshit fiat currency to us, just share the show with a friend. Or give us a rating or review. You know, standard podcast shit.
2: Actually, that could be said without the radio voice.
1: Oh. Well, maybe I'll put in a fart noise. <laughs> but we also accept sweet nothings in the form of DMs or emails. Seriously.
2: That's actually more appreciated. We don't need your money. We just want less.
1: We don't need your money. It'd be cool. But, I mean, if you don't want to buy us a beer, that's fine. You can just uh, say, hey, you guys are awesome. Or say, you guys suck. Those are funny, too.
2: No, it's like hanging out. When you go out and hang out with your friends at a show, just say you're at a concert, would you be more excited that they were there and that you got to spend time with them or if they bought you a beer? I guess it would depend on your alcohol dependency levels, but we don't have that. We are just excited to be hanging out with you guys. That's it.
1: Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and uh, support however you fucking want. Thank you.
2: Testing? Test ease. One, two, three. I don't know shit about fuck. But-
1: I love Leia. <laughs> I like sucking.
2: <laughs> Ow! Legit- <laughs>
1: whoa hey how's it going yes welcome to legit bat uh i'm joe jen's here hi hi piss. i'm really hi. liking that button today piss. It's so good it works You're for loving everything piss today. i know Ow! I, I never get enough uh sound clips in so i have to
2: no it's super rare that you even use it i
1: know i like sausage have you seen my wiener i was just doing it before the show i was just playing like every sound clip i have and it was very fun i forgot how fun it is Nice set of hooters you got there. All kinds. Kick ass. Anyway, yeah, this is a show. Uh, ben can't make it. And like we said in the Planet Retard Report, he has a good excuse this time. He ha- is moving. So he's excused for the night and probably for the week. I don't even know if we'll see him. He's
2: moving right down the street from us, too. It's yeah. Awesome. We can do in-person shows all the time.
1: It'd be great, I'm sure. Eh. We'll wait and see.
2: <laughs> no, it'll be great.
1: But uh, I don't think we have anything up front. We rarely do. I don't have announcements because we are that exciting that we have announcements all the time. Uh, We got Shane from Inquiries of Our Realities and Jake Loco from Loco Listens. on. Let me bring him in here. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey Hey, guys.
0: Good to see you again.
1: The, the long awaited Dante show. So the last time we had Jake on, he did kind of an intro to it. And it was a Sunday night shit show. So we talked about all kinds of stuff. But I got interested in the Dante's Inferno thing because that was kind of like a, a thing Jake was into. And so I downloaded the audiobook, listened to the whole thing. It's fucking way over my head. And that's why I got these guys on to talk about it because we were talking to Jake before the show about how it's just It was was 15th century or 1500s or some shit. And it's just so the old English and the way that it was written was so and I'm not into poetry at fucking
2: all. Yeah, there's a lot of Italian and the way that it's written is very uh, I guess it could be sing songy if you read it in the right way. But it's nothing like you would read now, especially in this TikTok world. This world of social media, you're not going to get Dante's Inferno if that's all you're listening to all day. So but
1: apparently there is uh, visual representations of this, too, which I'm down to find if there's a good movie or any even a documentary on it would be cool. So they could explain I, they some shit. A video game.
2: I think the video game would be great because you get to live it firsthand. Yes. RPG style and get to have the, the first hand experiences of Dante being in each of hell
1: but i guess it's a classic so if you've never read it or never even heard of it fair enough but go check it out it's pretty interesting we're gonna attempt to break down the uh the seven levels of hell here so uh shane we'll start with you since you're first on my screen uh tell us where you can find your show and all that stuff
3: uh if anybody wants to come listen to my show inquiries of our reality um i'm across all major streaming platforms you know apple uh spotify all that fun shit uh, if anybody wants to come and find me on the internet, uh, just look me up on Linktree, which would be kind of a weird hyphenation, but it's L-I-N-K period, or no, L-I-N-K-T-R period E-E, instead of the dot-com part, and slash inquiries of our reality podcast.
1: Nice. And Jake, where can we find your ass?
4: Right on. I'm at at local listens on Instagram. You can send me a little message there. I also started a telegram group on my birthday called Loco Listeners, so you can go and post your uh, funny memes there and hang out with us uh, at local listens podcast everywhere you can find it. And also just want to mention this Shane, my brother, we have a cool swapcast about Dante's Inferno where we go through the entire plot. And you can find that on both of our channels, inquiries of our reality and local listen. So please go check it out. It was a fun time brother. And I'm happy to be back with all of you today. It's going to be a blast. A hell of a oh, conversation.
2: Yeah.
1: Nice. Well, I, I saw that you guys did that like right after we scheduled you to come on and do this. So I'm like, sorry, you're talking about it so much. I'm sure it's old by now, but at least you're refreshed. You've done a whole show about it. So you can break it down for us. Ding dongs here who know nothing about this uh, poetry stuff. So I know you did a, uh, a bullet point thing. And I told you before I was actually kidding when I told you to do that, but I'm glad you did because it, it's actually easier to digest, especially for me. So you said you are going to start out with a, like a, couple minute like breakdown of an overview kind of like we did on the last show and just kind of lay out the basis of it and then we can go into each uh level or whatever that's called so you guys
4: start go for it floor is yours yeah it's perfect to to start for anyone who doesn't know Dante's Inferno at all just to kind of get the basic plot line and then you know we can dive deep into those specifics in a second so with Dante he woke up in the forest by himself he was probably uh on a long-ass bender, and he just woke up and realized that his life had gone to absolute shit. He had no girlfriend, he had nothing. He was exiled. So he decides to move towards paradise, which is where Beatrice is, and Beatrice is his true love that he's been separated from. So uh, in order to get to Beatrice, he has to pass through hellfire. So Beatrice, being the great woman that she is, sent a uh, spirit guide to accompany Dante, and that would be Virgil. So Virgil's Dante's spirit guide who leads, leads him through the nine circles of hellfire. So one would be Limbo, where the virtuous pagans hang out. We have uh, circle number two, which is for the lustful, and they're caught in the storm. Number three would be Gluttony, and that is guarded by the three-headed beast Cerberus. So we're going to talk about Christianity and mythology, which Dante did a great job of blending. So we have Greek-Roman classics in there as well. The fourth circle would be for greed, where there's an endless battle happening between those who have and those who have not. Very, very, very potent. We also have uh, circle number five, which is full of wrath. And that would be people who are getting a a little violent or they're sullen and they're depressed and they're kind of wasting their life away. And There's also this uh, city of Dis, which is the capital of, of hell. Just think, and we can talk about this later. Think about the hollow earth civilization And this is where all the the demons hang out underground. Or uh, we also have uh, the seventh hell full of the violent. Those who are violent to each other, uh, those who are self-destructive and suicidal. We have those that are violent towards God and blaspheming the church. And then we have those who are violent towards nature. So they're destroying the earth as we know it. Lastly, we have uh, the the last two circles, Circle 8, which is all about fraudulence. So that's anyone who's being deceptive um, and, you know, tricking people, lying to them. And these people are tortured pretty bad by the demons. And then the very last level is where Satan himself is hanging out, and he's flapping his wings all the time. And that makes the the bottom zone of hell very, very, very cold. So it's full of ice. Satan's stuck here with his three buddies, Judas brutus and cassius who we can talk about later so that's the basic overview of dante's inferno and dante and virgil have to go through a long and arduous journey to descend down to this last level before they can go to the next section which is purgatory
1: yes sir well that's uh, a great break shane do you have anything to add to that or any perspective on that
3: i guess as we start going i can just start throwing stuff into each level but that was a good overview of just the general idea of going through all the different levels, for sure.
1: Yeah, actually, you can just skip reading the book now because that was about it.
3: <laughs>
0: That's I the mean, best besides part of the book. Intermingled kind
1: of with dude dude crying a lot and passing out and stuff, which I guess if you're going through levels of hell, you might do. But he does seem like quite a quite an emotional character. So you want to get into the first one? What's uh, the first one, and what does that mean to you guys, I guess, despite what this, the book says? What, what does it mean personally to you guys?
3: I mean, if you want me to hop onto this one, uh, he's first wandering through the woods and then he comes upon an area where there's different animals that block his path. So then he finally gets to the door where he meets Virgil, which I always like to point out that they purposely make it so that it's connected to the real world rather than being like a mythical place. There's a literal door to get into it from the real world. And then the first thing he steps into seeing in there is a bunch of people that are following false flags. So they're doomed for the rest of eternity, basically following around a flag and getting swarmed by bees and a bunch of different insects. So, I mean, I feel like that relates to a lot of people, unfortunately, that there's a lot of people that follow false flags. So I definitely want to point that part out for sure. (laughs) And the other part I wanted to throw in there too, is that um, Virgil, the one that that shows him how to get through hell, uh, he wrote a book back in his time, which is also an epic poem where he was talking about the different layers of the after or the underworld um but he was looking at it from the greek perspective so that's why a lot of the time he brings up a lot of different mythology different things is because he's purposely trying to connect their two stories so that's another important part to throw in there
4: gotcha right on right on yeah and it's pretty cool in this section when you talk about false false flags there are people who are they're too neutral like they're undecided they won't be able to choose good or evil they just remain right in the middle and they're punished for that. They're forced to action because they're chased by these hornets and snakes. So they're forced to choose somewhere to go to and not just stand still in neutrality. You know, it's pretty cool.
3: And then he gets to uh, basically his version of the River Six, which is another cool connection between Greek mythology and then going into Dante's Inferno, of course, too.
4: Yeah, man. So when we have uh, these... Uh, you know, these souls that are stuck in this beginning layer, um, you know, they're waiting to be transported onto this river. So they're like the, the people waiting to get onto the boat, which will take them through this this process. So they're not even in the beginning yet, and they're just hanging out. And it's it's already, you know, they have a long journey to go on from, from this point. But um, eventually they will move on to this first area, which is called Limbo. And I'm sure you guys know Limbo is that in-between state between life and death. And this is where we find the virtuous pagans. And Shane, I know you love chatting about these virtuous pagans. I think we are all kindred spirits with these people. So uh, how would we start with these virtuous pagans? Who are they?
3: Well, first of all, he likes to add in the part that in his idea of God, uh, he wouldn't be torturing people that don't deserve it. So that's why he creates this layer. It's not like they're necessarily getting tortured. They're just kind of stuck in limbo forever. And this is where you'd find all the old Greek philosophers Uh, like uh, Plato, this is where Virgil's actually from. Uh, So I feel like it's the most relatable coming from somebody who's not like a heavy religious person where this layer of hell doesn't actually seem like it would be that awful to be in because you could perfect your arts within this layer and experience other people's philosophies within this layer. So it's, it's not all bad. It's, it's more like the, the eye of the storm, I guess you could say in a way where there's awful things coming in and then this layer is just calm and subtle and there's just a bunch of very intelligent people talking who are around before Christianity. And then after that is when it jumps back into all the crazy shit again.
4: <laughs> yeah. And uh, Joe and Jen, do you guys, uh, you know, when we say virtuous pagans, like, do you think of anyone in particular? Like, do you have any uh, people that you might associate that with?
1: Uh, I don't know. Is that talking about pagans that have good intentions and think they're mm. doing something are right? Are these the
2: people who, in the book, Uh, per the book, are good people, but they just denounce Jesus or don't accept Jesus, according to the book.
3: I was going to say, there's also people here before you get to the philosophers that are just people that hadn't been baptized, where they're not really necessarily suffering, but they're kind of just stuck in this area forever and they can't progress to the next part.
2: (laughs) Isn't there a part where also they could accept Jesus and be moved? Is this that part or is it the part before that?
3: I think this is partly that part, because I know that Virgil mentions a couple times that the reason why he's helping is also so that he can progress farther on. So I think it's one of those things that they're kind of stuck here, but if they're willing to do good deeds, and they're willing to do things to progress to the next level, there's an opportunity to do so. So I'm assuming that it would be the same yeah. if they denounce like their... The
2: proper hill is like 2 through 9, right?
3: Yeah, yeah it
4: gets much. worse and worse as you go down. But yeah, this, this uh, top area is you know for for people who may have had that decision to choose uh you could say christ or choose the church but they decided not to or they were just undecided which is uh why neut- neutrality is like a very uh you know it's not like a terrible terrible thing and, and yet they're still punished for it because they were not able to choose light versus darkness they were like somewhere in the middle you could say so uh when we get to this uh virtuous pagan section Shane who who stands out to you there's a lot of cool characters here
3: I'll have to look at a list of it's been a hot minute since I read the book but one other thing I did want to point out is that this layer of hell it's described as a meadow with like a castle type thing in the Mm -hmm. middle so even like visually speaking it doesn't seem like that awful of a place compared to the rest of the layers but let me see if I can get some offhand stuff you want to take it away from me so yeah yeah we got our good buddies
4: uh Plato Socrates Hippocrates and um like you said, it's a very beautiful area. It's not necessarily like what you would think of as hell. It's actually the only area where there's light. So this is where uh, Dante takes note of the fact that there is light in some parts of this uh, first circle. But beyond this point, Dante even points out that they're now entering into the kingdom of eternal night. So this is like the last little bit of hope before they go into absolute madness. And so yeah, we have Plato, Socrates, Hippocrates, and they are all hanging out basically and there's a citadel of human reason which is like you could imagine like all us podcasters getting together to philosophize and we have this like nice uh you know house that we can hang out in this citadel this compound that uh, houses us and gives us this place to uh, hang out and philosophize and share ideas. So that's kind of what they're they're doing down there. Um Plato's and so- Plato and Socrates, Hippocrates are the three that stand out to me. Uh, but I'm curious, Shane, what what you had to say about the other pagans or the ones that have already been mentioned?
3: I mean, you covered most of them. I just wanted to include Virgil in there, of course, too, because he was oh, an yeah. epic poet. And then there was an also also a reference where he says that the reason why he's writing this in the form of an epic poem is to try to relate to the greats like Virgil for example who also wrote an epic poem in his time so that's like another reference that there's also poets here not just philosophers but pretty much anybody that would have been considered a pagan or anybody that didn't accept Jesus who had kindness in their heart and was intending to do good with their actions
4: yeah man and you know let's start with the Hippocratic Oath because like Hippocrates I mean people uh you know have definitely come face to face with that Hippocratic Oath in this 2020 era like we're Looking at the the medical system, kind of dealing with this uh, this 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 new kind of darkness. And so, what do you guys think? I mean, Joe and Jen, with the Hippocratic oath, ab- above all else, do no harm. Where have you seen that in the last two years?
2: Yeah, with COVID stuff, I love that there's so many nurses and doctors standing up saying, like, "Hey, we're not going to give the jabs out." I mean, that's what stands out to me. I mean, the people who aren't going to be sucked into the system say hey i actually did i do believe in this i have something to believe in i'm not going to be one of those neutral people in the first circle of hell or whatever (laughs) they do choose light you know
1: i think there's going to be the majority of people in the first layer Mm because most people just don't know what the fuck's going on and obviously if you're looking at this from a christian perspective it would be anybody who doesn't who isn't a christian or doesn't Mm -hmm. hasn't accepted jesus so that is quite a lot of people if you're looking at it from that perspective but is there be that that shoulder to
2: shoulder is.
3: nowadays <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's cool that that circle even exists and or in the book but mm-hmm. it's nice to know that okay this is the first circle of hell hell sounds awful but hey if you're just in this first layer it's okay you could still get out there's you know salvation for you yet
1: is there just a quick aside is there any like a uh, thoughts on Dante like was this a vision he had was this mm. an act, almost like the revelation of John was this like a vision he had or is he just writing a crazy ass poem he,
0: think,
3: wrote, he wrote it as fiction but uh I don't know there's there could be a lot of different thought to it I guess because this book's so old that there's no way we could really tell and it, it got shunned upon in its time and then later on it, almost every volume of it got destroyed and then somebody found a copy and then they brought it back so this book almost was lost in time to begin with but Yeah, I kind of feel like it's kind of two sides of the same stone that, I mean, somebody could believe that a lot of this stuff could have theoretically happened, especially considering that a lot of these writers would purposely write things as fiction, even if they did believe them as true, because then they wouldn't be perceived as crazy because it's just, you know, they look like they're writing a book. Same with a lot of sci-fi writers. So, I mean, you go either way. It depends on your perspective.
2: Well, Well, he had two more, right? Didn't he have the purgatory? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah,
4: the uh, whole series would be the Divine Comedy. And, yeah, we're in the inferno and then we move into purgatory and then there's paradise and there's something on that to to your question joe like it does te- it seems to have this psychedelic journey theme to it because uh you know someone pointed out to me shout out to slick dissident that we gave on youtube he's got um really cool uh thought about purgatory and how in a shamanic sense or like if you're going through a ceremony first you have to go through hellfire and then uh you have to purge out your sins your demons that's purgatorial, purgatorio and then after that you can climb up to paradise and that's like the whole process or it could be like dante's having this crazy dream and this angel leads him through a life review and it's like here's all the shit you've you've done here's what you need to work on and then if we keep on going up and up you'll reach your girlfriend again in paradise and so that's yeah, yeah. it
1: almost seems like uh david in the chat is talking about uh possibly describing the journey a soul makes starting at the first layer moving to the lower layers and back up again and the layers are actually lifetimes on earth it almost seems like some joseph campbell uh hero's journey shit to kind of a basic outline of that but anyway keep going with your your thing because you were on a roll
4: (laughs) yeah shane do you want to say anything about uh hippocrates one of these uh first virtuous pagans you can take it away man (laughs) sure i mean yeah i mean uh it's already been kind of stated you know with the covid era and everything like doing no harm from a healing standpoint is uh, something that I think our modern society can definitely work on and treating the whole patient, if you will, like using a more holistic lens, um, which is probably what Hippocrates wanted when he was alive. But the other one that we can talk about is, uh, and it's ironic too, because Dante and Virgil are underground, but Plato has the allegory of the cave. And that's a really cool story. It's the fact that someone could be stuck in the matrix, so to speak, and then They leave that cave and they go see the true light and they're like oh my god I've been living in a cave this whole time. And they go back in and they try to warn all their buddies like hey we're living in a fucking cave. Let's all leave. And they're so fed up with this conspiracy theorist that they they fucking murder him. And that guy he tried to wake everyone up but they just There's not any more
1: applicable fucking allegory than Plato's cave for the time we're living in right now. Literally. Everybody's in a fucking cave. It's crazy. (laughs)
3: to all these guys too all of them were pretty much shunned upon by their community for talking out about everything so i mean honestly they're they're the conspiracy theories of their time conspiracy theories yeah. of their time before they actually had that title
1: hmm. so we should just start calling our podcast fiction so that we don't look like crazy people it's yeah. just like writing a book right it's just, all fiction. It's just it's talking so crazy just like,
2: skip forward a bunch just a just for a second hmm. the, I know there's the nine circles, but it's divided significantly more. It's like 24 or whatever. There's Mm. different levels of each circle, right?
0: Yeah, Mm. I got confused on that part. So
2: the deepest level before before Satan is like the most corrupt, horrible people that are Mm. running our world right now. I could picture people when I was reading it, I could picture people that I could label as possibly being in that circle. And it was interesting Mm. because the violent aren't necessarily in there it's tricky people it's rich people it's not people who are directly harming people right in front of your face it's not those people it's the most evil of the most evil and that's what everyone not us but people are just looking up to them like praise fauci and biden's amazing (laughs) and all of our rulers are great i order on amazon all the time like those (laughs) are all the
4: harder daddy yeah. exactly. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. <laughs> Cover me
2: harder, Daddy. Yes. I have.
1: Yes.
3: <laughs> no, I mean you, you make a good point though, because it's funny because he wrote this about a lot of politicians because you know you can't write shit directly, but he got exiled from the city of Florence, so he a lot of what he was writing about was particularly the politicians in his city. So I'm sure he purposely placed that where he did to just to prove a point to them.
4: Yeah, and you can certainly reimagine this whole story in the modern sense because there's a lot of old Italian figures or you know uh, ancient historical figures that people might not recognize today. But you know, we could rewrite the entire story and just put you know the respective characters that we w- we would recognize in these areas, and it would play out the same way.
3: Yeah. Well, I want to two
1: Yeah, I actually want to see that really bad. So I'm tasking mm-hmm. you guys with rewriting it and putting a modern spin on it. Okay, thank awesome. you
3: awesome that will be we'll fun we'll just get all the podcasters we'll just play different levels it'll it'll work for yeah him. oh i'll play a role i think you can play virgil he's got the hair mm. oh really you've got the hair what are you talking about <laughs> yeah i'd play a pagan <laughs> that's right fit oh right
1: <laughs> i could play purgatory pretty well i feel like we're, we're all in purgatory anyway so mm. hey maybe this role is it ghost from there i mean well purgatory is Am am I confusing the first level with purgatory? Because that sounds a lot like purgatory. Yeah,
4: limbo is uh, like the waiting room sort of like it's, you know, these these people don't deserve to be punished so harshly as those like Jen said down at the way bottom who are being wrathful or deceptive. So they're they're kind of like stuck there. And who knows, they might eventually be pushed through to paradise. But for now, they're just waiting there because they're not yet worthy, according to whomever decides, you
1: know. So how does that differ from purgatory then?
4: Purgatory is uh it's pretty interesting too. You know, we can kind of skip ahead to this image that when Dante and Virgil leave hell and they uh you know, they come out on the other side, everything is inverted. So like they're climbing down Satan's legs and then they exit and Satan's legs are now upside down. So if you can imagine like that Pirates of the Caribbean movie where they're on the 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 boat and then they hit that vortex and then they go upside down and it's like now oh, the, right. the, the whole world is flipped upside down. So it's pretty cool. It's like now they're going up rather than down, basically, and that's now they're going up purgatory. his butt. Up his butt, yep. Round the corners, paradise. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. After the uh, limbo phase, there's uh, the lustful phase, which is definitely um, a circle that I've spent some some time in. Unfortunately, being locked up alone in my studio apartment during a fucking pandemic, I mean, it's kind of tough. So times have been tough but you know it's there's a lot to learn from this stage because there's a cool metaphor these these souls who are possessed by lust are caught in this storm and they're being blown around left and right up and down and they're not grounded whatsoever and we have this uh you know this very terrifying scene where dante is seeing ordinary people that he can relate to it's like wow they were committing the sin of lust oh my god so was i and he's just he can't take it, and he's so overwhelmed that he actually passes out. Or they say he swoons, which is a funny term to use. He's he's swooning, and he just passes out. Isn't that a Canadian thing? Sounds <laughs> a little more, more fancy. <laughs> a Canadian would say sorry afterwards. I'm so sorry about that. Right. Sorry?
3: I'm sorry I passed out. I'm so sorry. Be sorry. sorry. So sorry. <laughs> the other part I want to add into is that on this layer, whoever the person they were lustrous with is also strapped to them and being thrown around for all of eternity, too. So Kind of, uh, like, hey, you want to be luscious with this person? Now you're stuck with them. Ultimate <laughs> hell.
2: Constant <laughs> reminder. <laughs> I just trying to hit it and quit it. Damn.
1: <laughs> Damn. Oh, oh! <laughs> oh, I hit it. I hit that twice. Sorry. Uh, giggity. <laughs>
0: G- <Damn. laughs>
1: oh, I forgot you got that. <laughs> yeah. I got like ten sounds, oh, but you know it works. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, respects. sorry. Enough
4: of the soundboard. All right, let's move on. What's the next mm. one? Uh so we got the lustful and Dante passes out, which is a quick point to note that he's not yet able to process all this. So he's still like so overwhelmed. So this will happen again and again, but just please note that, you know, we're we're all Dante going through this journey. So even though he can't handle it now, later on, he gets stronger and stronger and more capable of dealing with these, um, these dark entities. So the next part is gluttony and greed. So circle three is gluttony. Circle four is greed. They're very hand in Hand. They have a uh, kind of a similar vibe to it. And uh yeah, Shane, when you think of these uh third and fourth circles, I mean what what comes up for you, man?
3: Uh refresh me. This is the one with the rocks, right? Yeah, and yeah. The yep.
4: Uh the gluttonous are kind of like weighed down by these these boulders, and you know, it's like this heaviness of their uh hunger, and then the greed is like this endless battle between the haves and the have nots, and they're going at it forever. There's never a winner or a loser, they're just they're just going at it endlessly. It's just
3: a giant boulder and they push it in the same direction. It doesn't go anywhere, but they put yeah. their full force into it for all of eternity and it doesn't move.
4: Yeah, just like uh Sisyphus, right? Is that the guy that's
3: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Sisyphus. 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 And then yeah, uh, uh this is the one the you said with the, the swamp hill, too, right?
4: right? Um, swamp. Okay. So that's uh it's very interesting so the environment in the inferno reflects these people's uh, mental state or you know the the state in which they were living in on the earthy realm so it's kind of cool that someone who was uh a filthy glutton or they were you know consuming a lot of food and drink and they were just kind of going crazy um end up living in their own filth and that's uh it's a very uh it very it speaks to the hermetic principles like as above so below as within so without it's uh, a pretty good form of justice you could say for these people.
1: i actually do remember that one from the, the those long hours listening to the audiobook yeah i remember that one the gluttony one where they're living in their own waste it's
2: like, like sludge that they're serves you right kind of surrounded by this gelatinous sludge the more right. they
3: struggle the farther they get pulled down into it so there's some where just their face above and there's other ones where it's just their feet so the more you struggle just like quicksand the farther you fall into your own shit
4: yeah man oh, is
2: this the one that's guarded by cerberus
4: yes uh the gluttons are guarded by cerberus and if you guys have seen like the first harry potter movie there's that three three headed dog that's guarding the entrance to the philosopher's stone or the sorcerer's stone um underneath hogwarts and yeah and it's it's also cool like if we're talking about the modern day dante's inferno you know watch the tv show hoarders because these these people would be up to their necks and whatever shit they're keeping in their living room you know it's uh Another cool shout
3: out to Virgil, too, with it being another uh, mythology reference, having Sybaris. Yeah, man.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because he does reference so much mythology, because Cerberus guarded Hades Mm -hmm. in mythology. And then, so, so, Virgil, I do have a question about this. So they got past Cerberus because Virgil filled Cerberus's mouth with mud, right? Yep. So why?
3: Because he was just trying, he, He's trying to get something to eat pretty much. So he just throws him a bunch of shit just as fillers so it keeps him busy so that they can walk past him. That's kind of the idea. Because he doesn't really notice what's coming towards him, he just thinks it's food. So he's just being buttonous in himself, just taking anything he possibly can in okay, order to I was thinking that Cerberus like was
2: being kind of punished in a way as well mm. as well as guarding oh, also dog. being punished because well
3: he's in hell do- so
2: probably we have a dog True. i know it wouldn't just take mud down each of its throats i think our dog has
1: no our dog would sometimes. eat mud on, his, on her own
2: <laughs> i don't know i don't snacks? know she'd, she'd be like, this this is be like
3: delicious, delicious. <laughs> is there poop in it because i would definitely eat it that's what they're thinking Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah but okay. Hints of poop. i would completely get it i wouldn't even be asking
3: question. yeah it's not
1: mud it's just cat turds she's like yes. yeah there you go they
3: nice. love that it's like a treat speaking of that i Got yeah, one like dog that'll go out of his way to do that shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh,
4: yeah. it's a pretty shitty diet, you know. We should yeah, just call right. it. Yeah,
0: yeah.
4: <laughs> there's uh, so- something else too on Cerberus. Like it's kind of interesting because this uh, this area, whether it's the gluttons or the greedy, like that's a problem of the appetite. And so Cerberus has three heads. He's got a probably a pretty big stomach. So he's the perfect animal, the perfect beast to represent this like really, really hungry this ravenous um, appetite that people have sometimes.
3: Probably shows that struggle too, because you almost see all those things in old cartoons and shit where they throw something to a three-headed dragon and they're all trying to fight for the same piece of food. Right. I'm sure that was also supposed to be symbolic of that, that there's three heads fighting for the same piece of food.
1: Hmm. That's like what chickens yeah, do.
3: <laughs> exactly, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they do that every time. Anyway, every time. Anyway, so
1: that was uh, Gluttony and Greed. You guys have any other uh, insightful comments on that?
3: Shane? Oh, no, I think we covered that one pretty well, to be honest with you. Cool.
4: cool. All right. It's the next one. The next one is um uh, pretty packed. So we have uh the wrathful, the violent, the sullen. So I would say just to kind of point this out first, that you know, people who are wrathful could also be considered angry. Like they're possessed by rage. Um, they just want to get revenge. They're they're just absolutely uh seeing red, you could say. And uh, you know, so some of them are violent and you know that's when this first theme of violence comes about um but particularly they're just resentful they may not be actually hurting people but maybe they're like passive aggressive and they're kind of like making everyone's life hell uh but they're not actually like throwing punches you know and the other thing is that that there's the sullen so these are people who are so resentful but they don't know how to deal with it so they kind of just shut they like shut down and they're so depressed and they're weighed down by this total uh, you know this internalized rage, so uh that's where a lot of these souls end up in this fifth circle uh, but there's also um the capital city of hell um Dees. i mean d c Dees, like what is going on here anyways uh <laughs> city of Dees, uh this is the the threshold of Virgil's power so as you mentioned, Jen like Virgil was able to protect jante like these these beasts these demons were trying to get him, they're trying to stop him uh and Virgil is able to. Uh, outsmart them or to trick them and um, so they could pass through but here at the capital of hell these uh virgil doesn't really have any power so they have to rely on a heavenly messenger to come and save them uh so shane do you want to tell us a little bit about what happens in this uh fifth circle
3: uh this is this is part with beatrice right where she pops up for the first time
4: not um perhaps i may be blanking on this but i do know that uh, a different angel comes down to kind of save them but
3: uh like i said it's been a hot minute since i read this book the last time <laughs> i did that right. review was with you so you're kind of like stepped and stepped each part through okay. and i just kind of threw my input in so
4: <laughs> gotcha let me it's give you helped. a little more to work with it yeah yeah so first of all like the city of Dees is a there's a giant tower so you can think of like the the tarot card like the tower card it's this uh you know the structure forming a hierarchy and this is where basically the uh the leadership of hell is dealt out so like all the demons are receiving their their orders who to punish where to go and what to do so it's a cool uh it's a, in, interesting that there's like even a political spectrum or there's a political hierarchy down here in the inferno um it's also cool to know political hierarchy in hell in That hell, is hell so, that is hell exactly <laughs>
2: Right so really on. quick, I Kane's do call? just want to say, it's super interesting that in hell, whether you're wrathful, sullen, or violent, there is a punishment for it. But here on earth, you only get punished if you're violent. You mm. don't get punished if you're sullen or wrathful. If you're just kind of a vindictive person in your head, there's nothing. There's no punishment. But there is a punishment for your soul in hell. That's exactly the same as being violent. I don't know. I just think that's interesting that you don't have to throw punches or do anything outright, but you still get punished the same way. It's just interesting. They wrap them all in the same little bunch.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Making a connection to society too. I mean, if you're one of those people that believes that the whole government's ruled by satanic means, I mean, that could be purposeful where they're only trying to judge a certain things because they're trying to get other people on some other shit that they didn't even know they're going to end up in hell for. Hmm. That's the, sta- that's the dawn of government. It fr- comes from hell, of course. Didn't you know that? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, it was one of Satan's best ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's something else it. to that, Jen. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there's a great reason that you brought up, Jen, why violence is above uh, fraud. Because, like, you know, if you're – there, there's something honest about violence. Like, if someone's attacking you, then it's like, all right, they're, 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 they're being pretty honest. Like, they're not hiding anything. But when right. someone is deceptive and they're lying to you, I mean, that's like, that's so much worse because it's almost like it's more of a betrayal rather than just, you know, being attacked. But it's, pretty- it's
3: violence, but in a different way, though, because I mean, like, mm. you know, Julius Caesar got betrayed by his own people and essentially got stabbed in the back. So hence right. where the term came from. So, I mean, it's almost worse to be more deceptive than to just be outright violent, because it is definitely more truthful to be outright violent, because you don't know who you can trust if everybody's pretending to be truthful and they turn around and stab you in the back. And. That's what a lot of politicians and I'm sure a lot of people are scared of. And I'm sure Vir- or not Virgil, but uh, Dante was scared of that because essentially that's kind of what happened to him in his own city was that he got stabbed in the back and pushed out because uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, spo- what was supposed to happen. But they pretty much tricked him into kind of falling into a certain place in the government. And then they purposely mm. used that against him to be able to ex- exile him from the city because they were trying to set him up because they didn't like how much control he actually was able to get over the people.
4: Plus one for cancel culture.
1: Sorry, I dropped out for a second. I had to go pee and also wipe chicken shit off of my shoes that I realized was there after I got in here. Sorry about that. Did your dog eat it? Yeah, just
4: have a dog. It'll
1: be good. We did have a request from Johnny in the chat to play lots of fart noises. So real quick interlude.
4: (laughs) There
1: you go, buddy. All right. Continue on with your... Glorious, (laughs)
4: glorious. Okay, Uh, so before Dante and Virgil can pass through this fifth circle, they have to call on a higher power. So this heavenly messenger comes down, someone who's not really named in in particular, but I'm just going to imagine them as this badass angel with a sword that comes down, doesn't say a damn word, and just creates this large thunderous boom that scares all these demons guarding this uh, capital city, and they all run away, they all scatter, and they open up the uh, door, so that Dante and Virgil can pass through so it's almost like it's pretty cool that Virgil himself doesn't have this kind of power he's just a humble poet and up until this point Virgil was using mostly language and mud as we mentioned earlier to pass through these demons like he's using words to overpower them but here that that power kind of runs dry because we're in the area of the wrathful so you have to deal with them by different means so he calls on this heavenly messenger who's able to kind of like strike fear into these, these demons and um, persuade them to understand that Virgil and Dante are guided by a much more powerful force. Like you could say it's light, always beats darkness no matter what. And this is kind of a good allegory for that kind of uh, scenario. So that is the end of the fifth circle. And now Dante and Virgil are flying down to the last three circles. Number seven, violence. Those that are self-destructive are also those who are suicidal. And uh, let's talk about those people first, because what's happening with those who are suicidal, those who are self-destructive, is that they're trapped in a tree. And we're imagining like a very thorny tree. It's not a good place to be stuck in.
3: I think I sent you a uh, picture of this, Joe, if you want to bring it up.
1: Like right. imagine, trees. i imagine any tree is probably not great to be stuck in
4: any tree yeah i mean
3: you know i can think of a couple trees that, that might be okay but you know any tree over <laughs> then they get burned too that's the other part you got to add to it's almost like they're planting their roots for all of eternity so i feel like that's also mm. partly a metaphor and then they get burned because of their choice to just plant the roots where they were
4: right yeah, man, anyone who uh chooses to end their own life. I mean, I you know, I couldn't make a blanket statement about everyone, but it's uh in in, in this story, it would be uh the, the allegory of those like like Shane said, people who had potential to move on to do greater and better things, but uh decided to take root where they were at that present moment, and then they would never be able to move on from that point. And it's a very dark image, but it's uh one that Dante has to look at because i mean i'm 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 sure at at one point being a victim of cancel culture and losing his girlfriend and just losing everything basically he's probably like well damn i mean what's the whole point right like uh it's probably something that could drive him into nihilism but that's why virgil's so important because whenever dante wants to give up and turn around virgil's like "Uh uh-uh we have to finish this like you cannot turn around we're going all the way wipe
3: your tears and move on buddy I want to add something too about Beatrice too. actually in real life Dante had a wife and he admired this other girl from afar and he never got to actually be with her and they never really lined up in life to ever be together but he wrote all of his poems about this girl specifically referenced her in this book but he never talked about his actual real wife so at no point was he ever actually with this girl Hmm. so what level of hell is Dante in then should be be uh,
2: out in the lust. He Mm. was like, oh, this is me. And then he passed (laughs) out.
3: (laughs) Could be. There's a girl that tells him a story, too, about how she was. It's her and her lover, and they were poisoned by the king because she was cheating with this other guy. And right after he hears that story, he kind of, like, passes out. So I think he did that on purpose to say that it was extremely relatable to him, Mm. that he always was fantasizing about this girl he could never have.
2: And they were not repentant about it, right? They just tried to justify it the whole time. I remember that part.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. they were just like no it's totally cool this is why we did this don't you understand
3: mm. yeah we're, we're the true lovers here and now we're stuck for this for all of eternity but again that's so you're probably again trying to make a point trying to be symbolic of the fact that he deeply did love her but he was forced to be with his wife because i think there was arranged marriages back then if i'm not mistaken could be yeah
1: there was yeah. weird shit going on in that time period if we can believe history but that's a different show
4: different show we should definitely do it though so uh yeah. we've got uh Violence against the self, you know, it's something that um, is pretty, pretty potent. And there's there's also a great um, section where those who are violent towards God and nature are stuck in this desert realm with, uh, you know, very, very hot sand. And of course, it's very dry. It's not really a place that's fertile. So like nothing can really grow there. And it's the fact that people who are damaging the planet willy nilly and not really considering like, how is the soil going to respond? How are we going to grow more food? What is going to be the the consequence of this or that? And uh, so that creates literally an infertile area. And that's what these 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 people are stuck in. It's not like they're going to receive any sort of sustenance in this place or they're not going to be able to have anything grow whatsoever. So they're like stuck in a very barren landscape. And it's definitely, when you think of like a prison, like hell being this uh, prison, and this is a great um Imagery for people who were kind of like careless about their home and where they're where they're from.
3: So, the CEOs and stuff would be all the politicians being the other layer. This is all the CEOs of all the big corporations. They'd all be stuck in this layer. <laughs> yeah, all man. the private jet motherfuckers. Okay. All the people who are like, yeah. can
2: I dump all our waste in this lake that people swim in? Is that cool?
3: Yeah, a, just gonna, we're gonna it. recycle this stuff by just putting it in the ocean for now. We'll figure it out later. <laughs> right, yeah. we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Right.
2: You're in Michigan, so I used to live in Indiana right by michigan and in chicago there was a huge company that just decided to dump all of their waste into lake michigan Mm -hmm. where people swim in all the time and they were like oh well the waste is under this certain parts per million so it's completely fine but they were dumping
1: waste the parts per million thing (laughs) drives me nuts like the parts (laughs) per million of arsenic in your water is fine it's like
3: it's still fucking arsenic (laughs) right right it's not okay Speaking of that, there was just a story that came out in St. Clair Shores, which is a couple cities over from me, and uh there's just a bunch of dead fish found on the waterway, so it's like, mm-hmm. hmm, I wonder what somebody put in the fucking water. Why is there hundreds of dead fucking fish all in one area? That mm-hmm. doesn't just normally happen.
4: Yikes, guys, <laughs> this like is the dead. beginning of the Simpsons movie. First, the uh, lake is polluted, and then they drop the fucking
3: dome over everyone. <laughs> they can't go anywhere. <laughs> Except the dome is the planet, and they already have it. Dun, dun, dun. dun. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
4: Yeah, so uh, you know the seventh circle. I think uh, we've hit a pretty good amount of it. Uh, Is there anything else we can add, Shane? There's quite a lot there, so I don't want to like skip over anything juicy.
3: Hey, I feel like we're just trying to leave it at a basic, digestible way of thinking. So I mean, not going too crazy deep. I think we're hitting it pretty good.
4: Let's not overwhelm anyone. Yeah,
3: exactly. You gotta make one still because this is legit bat. (laughs) Yes, yes, we're
4: having fun. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, number eight. We got uh, the people who are fraudulent, and uh, there's something cool here. We can talk about reptilians for a second, those good old reptile friends. And those who were deceitful or were dishonest or who were thieves uh, could be thrown into a pit of snakes, and that's terrible in and of itself. And if anyone has seen the show uh, Vikings where Le- Ragnar Lothbrok is uh, executed, that's that's how he goes out is he's dropped in a pit of snakes. and
1: Oh,
3: fuck that. Fuck that,
4: yeah. They used to call me Jake Jake Watersnake, and I never really liked that that name. It's like, is that, is that like a, a nice thing to call someone? I don't know.
3: Depends on which way you're looking at see... it. snakes <laughs> are also the symbol of wisdom. Right, right. Oh. Yeah. But as far as, as reality goes, those...
1: I don't want to see one snake, let alone a pit of snakes that I am mm-hmm. inside
3: of.
4: So no. Yeah, I think zero is okay for me, yeah. Yes.
3: Say, so, yeah, I'm good on the snake pits. They get mm-hmm. more pissed off, the more compact you get them together, too, so yeah <laughs>
4: yeah they get very angry
3: yeah what do, they, what do they do to him before they drop him in the pit? don't they like cut open his back and stuff like that? Yeah too?
4: Ragnar's like crucified before he's actually dropped in like and he's but he gives an epic speech in the uh, TV show like before he goes down. I mean he dies like is that a blood hero, eagle you know? episode no, but that is, that's another crazy episode no 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 that was who nice. tried
3: to uh, take over his kingdom, and then mm. when he came back, he shut him back down and then he did the blood eagle to him. Ugh.
4: That's definitely some uh, eighth eighth circle punishment, though. Like that 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 <laughs> dude would be in in the right spot for sure. And uh, the the other thing is, not only are people dropped in a pit of snakes, but then they turn into reptiles themselves. So it's like, all right, think about this. I mean, you ever see like Godzilla versus King Kong? Because like the whole idea is like we all want to root for the monkey because that's who we can relate to more. I mean, we don't really see ourselves as reptiles, so to speak but King Kong is someone we can relate to a bit more. But the whole idea is that we are part mammal and part reptile. And this reptilian part of our our brain is really concerned with just surviving at any cost. It has no empathy whatsoever. So the fact that people are transformed into snakes is pretty interesting because it's like their reptilian side is becoming their total identity. They're no longer able to be human because they're so possessed by this need to like deceive people. So it's like they're, they're losing that uh ness that keeps them so lovable. And instead, they're total Godzilla. They're just a destructive reptile that has no redeeming quality whatsoever.
3: Maybe Dante just knew about the reptilians, and he was trying to tell us a couple hundred years prior to David Ike. <laughs> maybe, maybe.
4: <laughs> and there's a really cool mention, too. You know, I, I won't go too much into this, but when I was talking to uh, Emmanuel Kingman on the Godcast, we brought up this one quote where, Dante mentions uh, reptilians and Tartarus in one line, talking about how the people of Tartary were good at weaving. So if you want to get into like Tartaria and the reptiles, I mean, this uh, section of the book brings up both at the same time, and that's a whole other rabbit hole, whole another show, but just something worth mentioning because I was not expecting that at all.
3: Yeah, I didn't even make that connection either. Like I said, maybe Mm. he was actually onto something more than we even realized because there's so much shit hidden metaphor in this book. Yeah, man. He was working with the politicians. I mean, shit, that would have been the ruling class that we still call the reptilians. Are we in a psyop? Shit. Yeah. So, they're on to us. We're going to start mm-hmm. getting
4: technical issues. <laughs> <laughs> they're on. Yep. So uh, it's bringing us to the home stretch. But in reality, this is far from the end of their journey. But they're at the ninth circle, this bottom layer full of ice. Satan is down there hanging out with Judas who betrayed Jesus. And we have Brutus yeah. and Cassius boy who Satan. betrayed Caesar. And Satan, what about him? Oh, so my boy Satan. My boy. Down there yeah. chilling. He's, he's yeah. chilling down there. Yeah, and he's literally he's chilling. chilling. He's, he's like frozen. Batting. Yep. He He's able to flap his uh, nice wings, but he can't move anywhere. He's he's literally chilling way too hard. He's he's absolutely frozen down literally there. He's literally chilling. Yeah. Literally.
3: <laughs> Literal sense of when hell freezes over, it already has, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: perfect yep so uh this is the last challenge really for virgil and dante just in this this first book before they go into purgatory where they have to climb down satan's legs and you know it's not i'm sure it's not a nice place to uh be you know they're climbing down down to his feet and then they see the exit like holy shit we finally made it and they come out the other side but as i mentioned earlier uh satan's feet are now upside down so they're like looking up at the soles of his feet so the entire world has flipped and now they're in the purgatory realm but this one last thing i want to mention because um in this infernal realm before we move into purgatory it's cool to point out that when we were with uh plato socrates and Hi- hippocrates in that uh first circle there was light there and then from this whole journey onward there was zero light whatsoever it was a very dark dark area and now when Dante and Virgil reemerge into the uh, new realm, they can see light again, and they can see the, starry, the s- s- starry sky, and it happens to be Easter Sunday. So the whole story, allegedly, is that Dante entered hell on Good Friday, just like you know Christ is crucified, and then he's resurrected back into uh, the, the next stage on Easter Sunday, and that's when he and Virgil reemerge it's a pretty cool ending it's very poetic as well because i was kind of reading through this right before easter hit so i was like wow okay this is this is pretty interesting wow hmm.
1: so that imagine that the way he's be coming out of
3: satan's legs
2: <laughs> crawling down and then up it's they talk about it being like a pull switch right because he talks about hmm. the world he's like no we're on the other side of the world now because dante gets confused and he's like no we're going back down he gets freaked out. He is probably almost about to pass out, and Virgil's like, mm. no, 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 "No, don't don't pass out, bitch! Come on, just keep going." Yeah, He's like, "Hang oh, on,
4: we're almost there. almost there." Yeah. So is that
1: where that ends, though? And then it goes into his next next book, Purgatory, and then the next one, Paradise. Because I'm gonna have to download these two then, and maybe mm. do separate shows on all those because I'm sure there's interesting stuff in all of them. I would have to really sit down and listen so I could absorb, mm. you know.
3: So, yeah, I, I can say this go back show, yeah. for all that stuff too, so I can be a little bit more help. <laughs> It's been a hot minute since oh, I read those oh, stuff.
1: Right. This has been fun. I just finished yeah, the yeah. audiobook like three days ago, and I'm still lost. So that's why I'm glad you guys are here with your book. If anyone's listening it.
4: and they want to dive in, I would recommend getting uh, f- uh, some kind of commentary. Because like, after every line, I would have to look down and be like, all right, what the fuck did I just read? Because like, otherwise, I'd be totally lost too. Yeah, so getting yeah that's what we're talking about before the me. show there's
1: all these references to like italians and stuff and i mm. don't know if you're supposed to know who these people are but they're like like blah 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 and blah 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 in They have this... a lot
2: of italian phrases that mean certain things and yeah. it's very powerful in the story and if you don't know what you're reading it loses it goes right over your western yeah, brain just, you miss yeah. the whole point
4: exactly yeah so have I, you uh, honestly you I've never read uh, *Purgatory* or *Paradise*, but you know I want to speak a little bit on *Purgatory* if if we have time, like a brief little uh, kind of oh, yeah. side tangent on that. Um, but I I will say this before I, I uh, start that the *Inferno* and *Purgatory* are probably the two most important to focus on because we could all imagine *Paradise* in our own particular way, but like everyone will go through that dark night of the soul or that Joseph Campbell's hero's journey where you go to rock bottom and then you have to climb up this mountain of purgatory so that's what purgatory literally is it's a mountain island that you know you start on the very bottom and they have to climb all the way up and face all these different challenges moving closer and closer up to paradise and i'm instantly reminded of the tv show lost because that's kind of like same idea there's an island that is sort of acting like purgatory and sorry this is not really a spoiler guys like it's been years like come on but yeah anyway, <laughs> if you haven't yeah. seen it yet fuck. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> Oh, it's yeah <laughs> uh, and it's the same idea i mean all of these people who crashed onto this island uh are stuck there until they're able to you know get over their bullshit so that's where dante and virgil go next and it's pretty cool because we have nine circles of hell and joe projected that that the cool image earlier it's like a, a cone shaped and now Super with this
3: too. if you look at it up close there's like each little depiction in each layer it's a really cool picture
4: yeah it's beautiful painting Yeah it again let's do it
3: See, i don't know if you guys have seen uh what what the hell is the last da vinci code the third one but he like tears apart that particular picture to try mm-hmm. to like, get to the next step because that one's all based on like semi dante's inferno type concepts that one's pretty cool i think it's called like yeah demons and angels or something like that
4: okay it's like angels and demons but there's there's one that came out in 2020 i was just talking about this with jay Hanahan on how to kill a sacred cow shout out to you jay that was a podcast i did on my birthday love you brother that was uh I, I think he called it inferno it's like dan brown called the book inferno i'm gonna google it really quick but um yeah I think that's what it is. It's a very low res image of okay. this one
3: was that the one i sent you or is that a different one? Oh yeah you might have to look, well, look up I, TV, I, hd or something
1: I no i couldn't get into uh hang on let's do this one i couldn't get into the instagram on my computer for some reason it logged me out so I, i'll have to do that later but all right. Oh, so academic edition.
3: <laughs> Lim- oh, okay. This, this one's not as dark and fun. <laughs> I know that there's no. a basic yeah, image, though. It has like a has like a magnifying glass over one particular part, and then you can see how much detail is in that one picture. You click on that top this one, it? it might be one of the ones that shows up that's similar to that one, because I think that's how I found it. The very first picture you this clicked one? on. Uh, next one over. One. Yep, that one. And then, is one? there like the little similar images at the bottom of that one? Oh, I don't know.
1: Like this one? Yeah.
3: There was one with the magnifying glass. I think it's the exact picture, and it shows a zoomed-in spot on it. Oh, it was just up. I swear. Mm. How the fuck? Hang on. Yeah, say so go back cool. to the last one. I'm used that. to doing
1: Google images on
4: my phone.
3: There it is. See that oh, one with the magnifying glass? Yep. There you and go. And I'll kind of show you just how detailed that picture really is.
4: Oh, nice. Yeah.
3: Yep.
1: Yeah, it still is pretty. Is this like an original fucking picture?
3: It might be that's a that's a that's the oldest painting in the hmm. first like depiction of the in, of Inferno. That's the that was the very first one I know of in existence. So it's huh. a very old, very detailed picture.
1: Yeah, they all have shitty fucking quality on them. I don't know.
3: they sell mm. posters. A lot of those might be like poster ads, or they're purposely not trying to do it high resolution, until you buy the poster. <laughs> so
1: buy it. Yeah, it's just two sixty nine by eighty seven. Fuck off! Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, yeah, go okay, look up uh, pictures of this this in uh, set nine layers of hell. Interesting. Hmm.
3: Yeah, if anybody looks it up, you could probably hmm. find a pretty pretty good picture of it, and at least kind of get an idea of just how detailed it is. Pretty sweet picture.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
4: Right on.
3: I want right, to
1: wrap up on this, or what? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah,
4: Shane, you uh, brought up uh, Dan Brown that he actually wrote Inferno, and it's got a picture of Dante on the uh, cover. It's like perfect. I'm glad that you brought it up. I kind of forgot about it. That was uh, released very recently. I think it was in 2020.
3: Uh, uh, yeah. Was it? I would say, yeah, because the, then that other movie came out like, like 20, yeah. Yeah, 2019 or something yeah. like that, if I'm not mistaken. There's yeah. a lot of references, though, to Dante's Inferno through a lot of shit. But weirdly enough, like Joe was saying, you can't get a decent movie. The only one they made, it was like an old black and white movie where the words would pop up on the screen in between mm. each layer. And it looked like, I <laughs> mean, it's, it's worth watching, but it's not anything close to what you'd find today and even the game like the game's cool but it kind of just uses the the area but it isn't dante or virgil or anything like that so it's like yeah, a whole different like offshoot
4: adaptation yeah I, i'm
1: well, surprised uh, shama llama ding dong hasn't made one yeah. <laughs> like at the end or anything
4: he's got to be working on it we, now i mean what else is he doing
3: million dollar idea we all need to hop on that shit but it probably gets shut down pretty damn quick because we'd actually add mm-hmm. real people in it <laughs> <laughs>
4: in real ideas. <laughs> We'll be down there ourselves for that.
3: <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll all be chilling with the, in limbo though, so that's not too too awful. Yeah, oh, yeah podcasters yeah. in limbo.
4: Yeah, well we'll have to all do the
1: uh, purgatory next. Uh, we can yeah. do this one at a time to keep my brain sane. We'll do purgatory next, and then if you want to at that point do paradise. But since there's yeah, to cool. Issue with this, I mean, I think we all get kind of the idea of the whole. You're fucked if you go to the ninth level. That's kind of mm. it kind of sucks, and you got to crawl up Satan's butt and then maybe get back up. <laughs> who knows? Oh, well, something you guys- I
3: forgot to add is that this whole poem is written in a, it's called Terra Misa, if I'm not mistaken, T-E-R-A-M-I-Z-A, which is like a back and forth where you do like A-B-A-B-A-B, and then you end at the end, and then you start back off, and the last character continued back at the beginning again, as far as like the line rhyme scheme goes. So Wait, it was like a really hard method to write in. And the only pe- I know that uh the Odyssey was written in this method, and then there was a couple other poems. There was Virgil's poem that was written in it, but it's like the epic poem hard way of writing, where it's like a really difficult rhyme scheme. So just the fact that he was able to rhyme that much shit for that long, making this full ass book is pretty crazy if you really think about it.
1: I mean, they had so much more time back then. So much more time. Yeah, you have well, no we,
3: TV, not- you're just sitting here fucking writing for days and days on end. <laughs>
1: I mean, I assume they were trying to just live and not get scurvy or whatever they got back then, but.
2: I think they had a lot less influence Mm. from, I feel like back in the day, so if history is real, they had so much less influence. There was, I think we are now living in a time where they're like, oh, okay, we, all of your prior generations, we've had lots of practice. Here's TV, Mm. here's a tablet in your face all the time, here's social media, because they know how to control us now.
3: I would hear something the other day that I thought was pretty accurate. It pretty much said it's not the, a problem nowadays to get information, but it takes a special type of people to be able to sort through all that much information and find the truth within it. And that's kind of what all of us are doing here.
1: Exactly. There's no shortage of info, but trying to figure out what is legitimate is uh, a different story. It takes time.
2: It's time hard. that we apparently have. So it's funny because the, the people who are in the middle <laughs> – that are described in this book. It's hard because I do talk about that all the time. I want to be in the middle because I want to take time to dissect the information that I'm being given. I'm not saying, "Oh, I'm just wishy-washy. I'm in the middle. I'm just going to go to the first little circle of hell or whatever. I'm not trying to not make a choice, but it's hard because you can't necessarily pick a side when it comes to certain things because it's very, very, very unclear. Apparently, in this time, when this book was written, they didn't have, you know, social media and all of those people. Oh, <laughs> it makes me think they're uh,
1: the the they are trying to, like, force us into this first layer, at least trying to confuse everybody mm-hmm. so much that you end up being in this the limbo of like, I don't know. What yeah, meanwhile, is. their
2: asses are going to end up in the eighth layer. Like, I'm cool with the first. I layer. think they know that,
1: oh, too, hmm. though. I'm pretty sure they know yeah. that.
3: Hey, if all of us are We're in that layer then we can up. just stop following the flag. <laughs> Who's forcing yeah. us? We can all just flip back on them. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: well, yeah. and they also know that they can just climb up Satan's legs and be cool. So
1: You got to get to the paint first. <laughs> I was going to well, say, yeah. I don't
3: feel like you're totally neutral too, because I always say that you have to be in the middle in order, totally. in order to understand both sides. But if a grand fight came up, you would know how which side to pick because you sat in the middle and started to understand both sides. So it may not yeah. fully pertain, because if the fight came up, I feel you'd know which side you'd need to be on because you'd have an understanding of both sides.
2: Yeah, for sure. I I just, that that hasn't happened in my lifetime yet. So I'm wondering what these people mm-hmm. have gone through. I guess I don't have their perspective. I don't know. I try to more war. be empathetic <laughs> <laughs> towards all souls. And I, I don't know what these people have been through. It's not fair mm-hmm. for me to judge them in their first little circle. <laughs> well,
1: you guys, thank you so much. Uh, let us know again your quick plugs before we get the fuck out of here. And uh, we'll call it a good one.
3: Who wants to go first.
1: <laughs> I'll go first
4: because my uh, Wi Fi is getting a little choppy. Uh, I've been cutting out a little bit. So if if you guys can can hear me, it's a uh, Loco Listens podcast or uh, at Loco Listens on Instagram. And please join me on Telegram for some fun times, Loco listeners on Telegram. I'll see you guys there. Thank you for ha- for having me once again. Of course, dude. Of course.
2: Shame. Thank
3: you. If anybody wants it. to find me? I'm across all streaming platforms. Like I said in the beginning, almost any of them you look up, I'm sure you'll find inquiries of our reality. A little bit easier. I usually use Instagram more so than anything. So if you're looking for me on there, it's just Inquiries of Our Reality. But if you want all my other links, uh, Linktree, like I was saying, L I N K T R Period. e e no.com, and then slash Inquiries of Our Reality Podcast.
1: Perfect. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so Uh, much, guys. Thanks, everybody, in the live chat, all the uh, free Barnacle audio listeners. We love you, too. Uh, And we hit 100 Telegram people. That was what we were trying to do last time. So come join our tele- Telegram too. Loco's in there. Uh, nice. Chains there. Uh, yeah, you're both in it. Yeah. Course, send your so yeah. memes. Yes. Yeah, send your memes. Chance. Always. Piss and love to everybody. Yes. Yeah. All right, you guys. Have a good night. Peace.